It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello folks, bit of background for you before you dig into this week's podcast. Um, Matt and Gary started recording without me, and then I joined in just because I like to be part of the gang, and then I disappear again. So that means that the sound quality is a bit different when uh, it starts, then about 10 minutes in things clear up, and I arrive... And everything sounds a bit brighter and a bit bouncier. Hello and welcome to the Custard TV podcast. Uh, once again, we're man down. No, not a reasonably funny comedy by Greg Davis. We are actually down a man. Uh, I welcome to the podcast uh, our northern friend, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. I can't welcome Luke, the editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com, because he ain't here. He's gone um, missing. He's gone missing. Not the missing. Uh, I'm referencing TV shows. It's almost like we're doing a TV podcast. I know. Uh, I, I can't think of any more. Maybe he's in Casualty. No. Um, or Holby City, no. Or Holby City. No. I'm still watching Holby City, by the way. Good. Still like, still liking it. Still liking it. Uh, as I said, we are the Custard TV podcast from thecustardtv.com. We'll tell you all the ways in which you can get in contact with us later. But uh, as per usual, we're doing news, Gary Goes West, reviews and previews. It's a reasonably... Would you say it's a busy or a quiet week? It seems to me there's a lot of TV news about. This is a quiet... I feel like it's a quiet week on the reviews front on stuff to talk about, but we've got a big week coming up next week, I think. There's a yeah. lot of stuff on the horizon. Which is good. We always like it. And, of course, two bank holidays in May. We, we always like mm. good TV over bank holidays. So, yeah. uh, And there's some good stuff to catch up on. And a uh, lot of who wants to be a millionaire next week if, if, oh, if that's your bag. Yeah. Can I? But I have. I, I briefly. Are they adding a new lifeline? Yes, you can. What, ask do you know what it is? Jeremy Paxman. Paxman. No, Clarkson. Clarkson. If you could have well, Paxman, that would be quite a good one. Yeah. But no. You could make him your phone a friend. So uh, if yeah. you want to. I don't think he'd, he'd be. You could ask Clarkson. Yes. Wow. Ask the host. I suppose if it's a question about cars, you would quiz in, but you know. Because yeah. it's ask the audience fifty-fifty phone a friend and ask the host. Oh right. Okay. I'd ask him, why isn't Chris Tarrant here? And you haven't been to any more weddings, neither have I, so... At the moment, that I uh-huh. know of, I've only got one more, which is in October, the 1st oh, of October. Right. Oh, they're risking it, aren't they? I mean, that's 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 autumn, that's, the weather could be bad. 1st first, first of October, though, so he's just sort of oh, out okay. of September, and he, he's done it purely because it's cheaper to get married on yeah. a Monday in October. On a Monday as well? Mm. A couple of renewals on the news. Uh, Dave, uh, the uh, excellent TV channel that we like, uh, is going to make a season 13 of Red Dwarf. Series 12 was 
one of the more well-received series that they've been in charge of. I don't think we're going to see that until at least the end of this year. And the BBC have renewed a couple of series. Uh, Mook Mafia, which didn't really light any of our fires, did it? Did you keep watching that at all? Did no, you watch? I, I, I watched the first one and, and I wasn't particularly overwhelmed. I know we kind of gave it a kind of a lukewarm review, didn't we? Mm, I certainly um, did. Well, yeah. Lukewarm would be, be a good name for a feature. <laughs> uh, we'll try, try and work something Luke, in. Is lukewarm or luke cold? Yeah, it's oh, a good one. I put this story up on the website. It was like, it's the most requested. Episode one, I think, is the most requested of the year yeah. so far, and it's, I mean, there's some statistic about it being the episode by episode fourth the most requested of all time or something like that. Yeah. Reviews were very mild towards it. We didn't watch yeah. the first episode. I mean, I think there was a few people sticking up for it, but I, I am, this is one that has shocked me. I don't know anyone who finished it. So that is the news of the UK. Okay. I will now take myself... I know, yeah, that's all right. I will now take myself uh, to the United States of America and deal with that side of the news. Okay, you go. Play the jingle, Luke. (laughs) Firstly, a bit of news about Arrested Development. Series 4 was, again, I don't want to overuse a phrase, but lukewarm in its reception by critics and fans. Mostly because it, it kind of got away from the traditional way of showing Arrested Development, like a, a traditional sitcom, and went to this kind of like thing where each episode centered around one person through a set of events. Well, good news, but, they're now going to re-edit Series 4 in its traditional manner. Hmm. So you might want to watch it, uh, because okay. it's not the same. So, And then they're going to, obviously that's going to be done before they show the announced Series 5. So I don't quite know when that's coming up on Netflix but uh, I was shocked to read that this was five years ago that it was on Netflix. It was a while ago. It was one, it was one of the first things Netflix did. Fed Netflix original. Of, At yeah, that point, was, I only had Netflix for Breaking Bad. I think they had done House of Cards by that point, and maybe Orange maybe, is the yeah. New Black. But, no, Orange um, is the New Black was afterwards, I'm sure, but it was definitely okay. around the time of House of Cards. It was one of the first things, definitely, that Netflix did that sort of put it on the map a little bit. Three other renewals, which we are very happy about because all three of them are shows that we have championed in the past. First is Westworld. I do need to catch up on this. I've still not watched it, but I know it's good and I know people are talking about it. Um, the second is The Handmaiden's Tale. Now that's No, just it's about... not. It's what not, it Gary. The Handmaid's it? Tale. Why do I keep writing Handmaiden? I don't know. Why is she not a handmaiden? What is I don't Because she's a handmaid. You and Luke absolutely love series one. Series two well, is going to be coming well, to channel well, four. Well, 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 well. Oh, well. okay. Oh. Neither of us finished it originally. Luke has really? since finished it and has now watched season some of season two, which is ah right, yes, which has been States. on in the states. I've seen adverts on buses for it, so it must be on soon. And um, the good fight, which we all Yay. love, uh, and I'm absolutely loving this new series. I think it's better than series one personally, and that's been renewed for series three. No real surprise. My only concern with this is obviously because it's on a, a pay-for service in America is I assume, therefore, it must be doing well, but I've not heard anything. No. I mean, the fact that it gets renewed is a fairly good sign, isn't it? I reckon it does quite well in, in international markets as well, I think. Yeah. I think we. I think it's got a solid backing in the UK. I think the good yeah. ones did as well. I'm with you, this series, I think, is flowing better now. We, we sort of got to know the characters a little bit more and... And the last bit of news, this only came out today, uh, is that BBC Two are going to show the uh, double Golden Gold winner. What? Uh, I'll what? get that. I'll put my teeth in. Hold on. BBC Two are going to show Donald Glover's double Golden Globe winner, Atlanta. 
I wrote that uh, on the 13th of May. So it's going to start very soon. Uh, now, I don't this is all about the sort of um, uh, urban music scene, isn't it? It's a comedy drama. It. It's good that it's got a like a terrestrial yeah. Like place to air those, so, or a free view, I should say. Maybe. Well, that's right, yeah, uh, maybe free view. Free view. But yeah, and BBC Two have announced a load of new stuff recently, which I'm sure has been covered on the website or will be covered on the website. Um, but this is the first of their kind of like, um, this is, the, I mean, I suppose they've done very well with G- the Giovanni Versace uh, stuff, so mm. maybe they've decided to boot back into the UK, you know, the US market a bit. Moving on to two reviews. Well, one catch-up and one review. Very quickly, I caught up with Barry. This is the comedy that Luke and Matt reviewed a couple of weeks ago that's on HBO? Yes. Yes, because it's Sky Atlantic over here. Uh, It stars... Now, you're going to have to remind me of his name. I know he's quite famous now, but I can't remember his name. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Now, he's mostly uh, known for being a very good impressionist. Um, he? He, yeah, he is. He, on Saturday Night Live, he was the guy that did all the impressions. He also did a oh, number okay. of characters. I didn't know that. No, but if you I, look I, him up on YouTube, he's very yeah, good at I, doing impressions. I never saw it. I, I know him mainly from his film work, so stuff like Superman. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he was in Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. Yes. And um, I think he, he was Catherine Heigl's boss in Knocked Up. And uh, he's in a good th- uh, The Skeleton Twins as well with... Um, Kristen Wig, but she he, and he's from the Kristen Wig era of Saturday Night Live, so that makes mm. sense, you know, that he's yeah. and, and and stuff. He is a serial killer that um, uh, ends no. up. Uh, he's actually he's a, a hitman. Hit he's, he's a, a hitman, hit not a serial killer. You're quite right, uh, but it, he stumbles into becoming an actor in LA by um, following the person he's supposed to be killing, and ends up befriending him uh, in episode one. It's dark. But it is funny as well, and I think the one thing that I picked up from it that you and Luke mentioned was how good the Fonz is in it. Yeah, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Acting teacher who's... I mean, it's all these sort of delusional LA wannabe actors who are all in this class with this sort of veteran... like, acting coach who never really hit him big himself. The character's called Gene Cousineau. Uh, and he's called so, Barry Block, or that's his stage name that he's going to pick Barry up now. Barry Bookman and goes to Barry Block. Barry so. Block. I really liked it. Mm. Um, I liked the kind of ensemble cast. It was good to see Janet from uh, The Good Place yeah. make an appearance. Uh, and, and as you say, Henry Winkler is fantastic. I wasn't a huge fan of his handler. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't quite like that character. The thorn in Barry's side, the one who sort of convinced him to go into this life after, you know, the... You know, because basically suffering PTSD. So. Yes, he was an uh, Afghanistan uh, war hero that came back and couldn't quite readjust. But you I enjoyed it, and you're going to be watching some more. Definitely going to watch more, and I think we'll probably do a catch-up on that maybe after a few weeks. Yeah. Our main review this week is from AMC. Um, it's called The Terror. This is based on a book by Dan Simmons, who is a former science fiction writer, writes a very good science fiction story called oh, okay. Hyperion, which I recommend. And it stars a number of well-known British actors, although it is not a British production. But it's only showing over here if you have BT, which I think is a bit of a shame, having watched this first episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Would you like to take us through kind of like an idea of what happens? Set in uh, the 1840s, and it's, it's based around this like um, exposition <coughs> to the North Pole? Yeah, North Pole, yeah. Um, it's a Royal Navy expedition, two boats, one is called the Terror. We learn early on there's a, there's something has happened, all the crew have basically gone missing, and then we flash back to the, the voyage itself, and we see, like, 
little things happening like someone has gone down with an illness and and they think it might be scurvy there's like disputes about where you know whether to go back or keep going into the ice and basically you know they they sort of go go to a complete standstill oh luke's trying to call me oh okay that's what it is just add him to this call add him to the call yeah 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 basically ended with the ship sort of grounding to a halt didn't it and that was the end of the the piece i think from there it it looks like it is going to get more interesting but i read about this that this was sort of almost their replacement for the walking dead in a way they wanted to do something where it's sort of people trying to fight the elements and not find sort of fighting against each other at the same time uh I really liked it. I didn't have any expectations coming into it. And I must admit, I did think, oh, I don't know, 1840s, you know, British, you know, didn't think there was much interest in it. But when I watched it, I think that the way in which they filmed it in quite a kind of horror movie way, you know, with these kind of like sort of uh, at one point, one of the divers goes down. And obviously it's not like your old your new diving equipment. You know, this is like one of those yeah. big old suits and they kind of lower him down and, uh, and all of that. <coughs> excuse me um and i really like the suspense that they built i think there's a good story in here i, I there's something I, and I, I want to try and watch more it's a shame that i have to do it by nefarious means uh mm. but i'd like to watch more i sort of got into this to an extent i like the stuff on the ship in terms of the sort of hierarchy and things like that the stuff yeah. with the sort of under ship men talking about like the rank of the dog on the ship and and like them eating all that you know, all they've got sort of pig's head still over on that ship, sort of thing. But once it got into the sort of more thriller horror aspects of it, it started to lose me a little bit. I okay. liked Paul Reddy in this. He's an actor who I always find is a little bit creepy. Was actually one of the less creepy elements of this. There was nothing really in this to sort of compel me to watch more. I get the impression it is going to get sort of more intense and things like this and this was like the setup episode one thing i didn't like as well was it was all sort of men of a certain age there didn't seem to be any sort of variety in the characters they were all very similar as you have proved there is quite a lot of characters and it's hard to tell them apart because a lot of these men are indistinguishable from one another but to be fair we should not use gary (laughs) as a barometer for that we should never use him so that's the terror, and it is on a- BT AMC over here. You, Luke, do you know if it's, it's all available it's, now? It's, or? No, it's not. It's not on available. Amazon. For me, obviously, I didn't watch this, and I've come in late. Hello, friends of me. It just seems to me that we are <laughs> grasping, <laughs> grasping of TV straws this year just to find anything possibly well, this... worthy of discussing. Luke, you've missed Gary calling it the Handmaiden's Tale again. As again? Well. Oh, it's a brand new year! <laughs> It's my, oh, mission to, it's, it's my mission to make you happy. The assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, as, as to give it his full name, ended yeah. uh, last week on BBC Two. This was the episode where it showed Andrew's downfall. Now, not reading up on it like Luke has, who has now oh, become I, a sort of Andrew yeah. Cunanan obsessive. I tell you what, if he was alive uh, still, I'd be writing to him. I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea that he died. Never, no. you know, never mind taking his own life. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this last episode, which basically saw him finally sort of been held captive by his own crimes and not being yeah. able to leave. The one thing they did, the one thing they did throughout the whole thing, I've got one criticism. The one thing that nobody who's written about the story or spoken about the story in documentary form 
has ever been able to 100% corroborate is whether he actually ever met up with Gianni Versace. Killed himself, and then they did a scene where he, he yeah. was with Versace again, and that really didn't work in... For me, well, that, I thought it was unnecessary. What I what I personally thought was because me and Gary we watched that first episode, didn't we? But I don't yeah. think you got that far. You saw him go to the opera yes. with Versace in the first yeah. episode, but he I, also that was met the conclusion. Him, him at a nightclub, didn't he? Yeah, but then they later went to the opera and were talking on the stage. That was the oh, conclusion to that scene, was it not, okay. Luke? Because I thought. I think I was, throughout... At that point, I was so far away yeah. from that scene. Perhaps I hadn't yeah. made that connection. Yeah, because you'd, you'd cut off their interaction at that bit. Tom Rob Smith and, and um, Ryan Murphy had not given you a like a concrete no. motive, really, for no. him murdering Versace. We saw them together, as Gary said, in the club, and then we saw them going to the opera together, but we didn't see the sort of follow-up and i think throughout the series i personally and i think a lot of people were waiting for well what did versace do what did he what did he do to tick him off yeah and i think it never takes much for andrew to no, no ticked off that first episode where we didn't know that much about him we only saw him shoot versace and then we saw him sort of meet versace in in the club and everything like that so that is the end to that scene i mean everything with andrew and the you know, it went from him sort of turning all the TVs on with the news about I him. I loved and all that. Versace, and you saw his champagne. dad turn on him. As, his, his dad yeah. turned on him uh, as well. And then, but by the end, he's so desperate, he's like eating dog food and things like that. And oh, it, it, I think, like, again, another tour de force performance from Darren Chris, who we always praise. But one person I actually wanted to praise in this final episode was Ricky Martin, who I thought was really good in this I tell you what, he episode. absolutely banged in this. Oh, I knew you were going to go for that. He banged. In all seriousness, this has been one of my obsessions this year. And to his delight, and I'm sure all of a sudden dismay, I discovered Tom Rob Smith was on Twitter. I must have just sent him like 30 tweets last week when I found him going, Oh my life, I can't believe you wrote this amazing thing. Because it really was... Just, I was just enraptured by by the writing, by the style of it, by Darren Chris. In terms of the Ricky Martin character, Antonio, I, I liked the fact that they, they linked it again back into the mm. theme of like homosexuality mm. that they have throughout, you know, and them being sort of second class citizens. There was that great scene. I don't know the character, the, the, the sort of the AIDS victim who sort of was his no, friend in Miami, who, who yeah. they, they questioned. And, and that, that was really good. And the stuff that, Versace's funeral where you know the is it a bishop that they you kiss mm. the ring of and yeah yeah like Donatella yeah. Penelope Cruz does and the mother does and and I, I'm assuming it's Donatella's husband and yeah. then Antonio goes to kiss the ring and and the bishop just goes straight past him and uh, that very, to me is one Catholic. of the scenes that's, that's stuck in my head because again it, it fits all together with the themes of the series and I thought he did a good job I think that sort of side of the story with Edgar Ramirez and Penelope Cruz and Ricky Martin has sort of become sort of secondary to the thing. But I thought all those actors did well when called upon. And I think it was, you know, it did. Ricky Martin being in it didn't sort of take me out of it in a way that I thought it would. Um, but no, this is definitely one of my highlights of the series. I don't think I'm quite as obsessed by it as you are. But I'm assuming that Tom Rob Smith... Tom Robert Smith's husband has sort of already forewarned him about you because obviously Ben Stevenson oh, yeah. is. I've been sat by him many a time. Can I ask? Do we know if Ryan Murphy is doing another in this series? I know he's doing more of Feud, 
He personally has moved on to Netflix, but The Strand is continuing with Hurricane Katrina next. David Simon tried that, and it didn't work out as well as The Wire. Hey, don't go so, knocking Treme. I, <laughs> I love Treme. No, I, I need to go back and give Treme another go. I do know You that. do. But it be interesting, because it's a natural disaster rather than a killing. It's a crime, isn't it? It's not American murder yeah. story. It's American no, crime true. story. The first one was about a big sort of crime story. The second was about an assassination of a famous person, but it wasn't really about that. It was about the killer. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. And now, if I can get a word in edgeways, because I'm leading this thing, but if you realised, it's over to Matt with the reviews. Hello there. Oh, yeah. there was uh, nice. Yeah, nice touch. Where do we want to start and finish? And Isn't this just a catch-up? Are there actual shows to be discussed? We're doing uh, The Split, we are doing High and Dry, and we are doing okay. episodes of Black Mirror and Archangel. Well, I will leave you before you start Black Mirror, if I may. Okay, so I'm... should we do it in that order, then? Should we do The Split? Yes. Okay, no, I so... Leave, I will uh... leave you before The Split, actually, because I did... I watched half of the second episode and found Don't it. Don't we irritating. do high and dry first then? No. Great. <laughs> oh, Why okay. are you here? High and Dry is a new sitcom from. Um, is it created by Mark Wooten? It's created and written by the very same man. Who um, stars as Brett, an Australian air steward um, who is part of a group of survivors when an aircraft crashes on an island. We've got uh, in this Vicky Pepperdine, basically playing every character Vicky She's Pepperdine. She's playing Vicky play. Pepperdine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's also um, Harry Peacock, who's playing Douglas, this sort of man whose wife left him for his business partner. Asim Chowdhury from People Just Do Nothing. And American there's an American one. girl who's a sort of born-again Christian, would you say? Yeah. Feels like uh, she's... she's let them down because she stared at a man and she reckons that's why the plane came down. Yeah, so basically this is them being stranded on the island, trying to survive even though, oh, they're all different characters. Ooh. Can and, you imagine? And Mark Wooten is basically playing the same character that you've seen Mark Wooten play in anything that Mark Wooten's ever been in. If you've seen the Nativity films or Shirley Ghostman. I remember that was from that... Donkeys years ago. Yeah, Shirley yeah. Ghostman. He always plays like Larger than life camp irritating idiots, people. Yeah, yeah. Gary, is that your bird song again? It I does sound. Like it is. Yeah. It sounds to me, Gary, like you've got the Christmas decorations out and you're just you're shaking some baubles. No, no, it's it's, it's either it's, either it's that the wildlife or he's on Big outside. Brother and he keeps swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I didn't have high expectations for this, and I thought the first sort of gags about Lion, the film Lion. Were quite, yeah, were actually, quite yeah. well observed quite like and good, uh, but but I sort of you sort of know what you're gonna get from Mark yeah. Wooden. For me, it was just too silly. Everything was a little bit too obvious, really, for me. I knew where it was going. I felt like, and I just I find Mark Wooden really irritating. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I remember. He, I agree. He popped, he popped up in Gavin and Stacey as an estate oh, the estate agent. agent. And even in that, which is written by James Corden and Ruth Jones, two of the sort of warmest writing couples, if you like, they gave him one of the most irritating characters to grace mm. the Gravin and Stacey universe. And, and I just, 
it and was, he, I mean, well, in... it wasn't a chore. It wasn't like some other sitcoms where you go, oh, this mm. is awful. Because there are good performances in there, but nobody's trying to outdo themselves, really. As you say, Vicky Pepperdine is Vicky Pepperdine. I've not seen a lot of people just do nothing, but I don't think Asim Trowdry's going too far outside of his comfort zone for it. And interestingly, this was supposed to be on E4 and they got promoted to Channel 4. Mm. So they've obviously had some faith in it. And I appreciated that it got going straight away and that I've heard that you do see flashbacks to the flight, but it just wasn't for me. Is is the kind and of he thing doesn't I say. He doesn't feel like a proper character, does he? The way he's no. always sort of all over Douglas uh, all the time. That, I think that's part of it. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That You don't feel like you're watching real people. You're watching these actors play characters you've seen these actors play before. Hmm. My mother always told me if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. So I think Ronan Keating said that as well. Well, I think I think the original was by my mum. I I didn't like it. (laughs) I I didn't like it. I thought it was very formulaic. I didn't like the way in which uh, they're shipwrecked on an island and then all of a sudden these other people just start turning up. You know, they gave you the impression that these two were the only two on the island. And then these other people just appeared. I know the pilot kind of like, you know, made a grand entrance, but the others just like those three just kind of walked along on the beach. It was just unrealistic. Yeah. And I know it's a comedy, so you kind of have to spend yeah. a bit of relief. But I, don't, I didn't laugh at anything. I don't think it had the charm that we've seen in no. other sitcoms on Channel 4 this year, like Derry Girls and like Lee and Dean, both of which I finished, I finished watching because they had some, you know, they had some charm to them. You wanted them to succeed. I think if they sort of tried to sort of craft like a relationship between two of the characters, like not like a romantic relationship, but like a sort of friendship, something, Mm. it was so sort of combative and everyone was at each other or they were just stupid or, Mm. you know, there there wasn't anyone who you could believe in and root for. Yeah, I I tell you what it is. All of the British comedy characters, the heroes, say, David Brent, Del Boy... Brian Potter in Phoenix Nights. They're all sort of brash, loud people that you wouldn't want to spend any time with, similar to Mark Wooden, but they've got a heart in them. And I just yeah. think like Mark, Mark Wooden's character here, what you see is what you get. There's nothing behind it. He's not going to have a, a revelation halfway through the series and become, you know... I a, would a, be a very interested person. to know why somebody thought this should be promoted from E4 to Channel 4. If it's mainly because they thought it would reach... It's more a Channel 4 audience than an E4 audience, because an E4 audience 
is meant to sort of target young, and this doesn't really have no. No, like a youthful feel about it. And it's coming after Friday night dinner as well, so it's a it's a double bill of. Of yeah. new comedies I suppose if you're saying because you know I, I've never been a fan of Friday Night Dinner and a lot of people are oh I, so I beg to differ Gary I think you probably are a fan of Friday Night Dinner or Thursday Night <laughs> Dinner ha 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 mixed this episode of Friday Night Dinner you've missed confession time I have had um, a bag of flying saucers this week after being oh inspired by Gary Stolich Gary inspired me next week Luke me. I want those midget gems I was, you haven't ordered them on. I I almost I I all no they had three for a pound in Tesco's but um bags not flying saucers but um <laughs> I was almost tip, tempted by a shirt at Dib Dab as well. Tie and dry. First episode airs Friday at ten thirty five on Channel yeah, Four. Night Sounds about right. After Friday night dinner and then it will it will be on weekly. It's not well, you going on. Your dinner, you wouldn't want your dinner at ten o'clock. That's late. So the split episode two, which sort of um, carried on some of the plots from the first episode. This is the um, divorce lawyer thing with Nicola Walker and um, Anthony Head and Fiona Shaw. This second episode saw Hannah, that's the character, isn't it, Nicola Walker? That's it. Represent a glamour model, was she, or just a model? Uh, I, I couldn't tell what her profession was. Uh, a footballer's wife, it. definitely. Yeah, but, uh, well, a would-be footballer's wife, uh, organise yeah. a prenup and the sort of mudslinging that occurs. The lawyer representing the footballer was the ex-wife of Christy, who's the um, a nice little boss of Hannah. There. And they've obviously got this past, which we learned this week. They slept together on the night before her wedding. The, the other stories here, we've got more from the Stephen Tompkinson, Mira Seal thing. They're doing a whole sort of um, infantry of his earnings, so to best sort of make an Foren- offer. Was it called a forensic accountant? Accountant, yes. Really well remembered. Yeah. And um, the big revelation, well, Anthony Head's character, the dad, wants, is sort of trying to gain a relationship with the, the girls, his daughters. Hannah's not buying it. The younger sister is sort of on board and Nina's somewhere in the middle. And then it turns out at the end that he wants his half of the law firm, basically, doesn't he? His yeah, and he sharing. can't get it unless they all agree. I feel there are sort of three different shows going on in the split. The legal stuff with with Nicola Walker and the stuff this week with the the footballer and everything like that, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was like reminiscent in a way of sort of a good wife storyline. Yeah, and I I'd like, agree with that. I like when they put the sisters together. I think they've got good chemistry. The three actresses. As soon as Nicola Walker goes home to Stephen Mangan, it almost becomes like an outnumbered style sitcom. And you've got always oh, our daughter having sex with her boyfriend. I'm listening in on the stairs. That all feels very comedic, okay. very sitcom I don't know if it's because Stephen Mangan's there. Then when you've got the stuff with Anthony Head and Fiona Shaw, it feels like a sort of big overblown, almost American soap opera stuff with the, oh, you want to buy me out? Oh, I, you know, all this sort of sabotage stuff. And it it all doesn't gel together for me. And I'll say there are elements okay. of this I like. The other thing I feel as well is that we've sort of missed a lot of the drama. It seems that people are talking about more exciting things that have happened in the past than are happening in the present. The stuff with 
Hannah leaving the law firm, that all seemed very messy. I would have liked that almost to have been like maybe the end of series one where her mum wouldn't retire and, you mm. know, she left the firm and went to work with her former flame. You know, you, almost like flashbacks may have been a good idea. I know I'm against the most part. Well, I, 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 I don't like know whether you a lot won't of the get drama. I just think it, it shows it has a backstory. You're not just joining yeah. in. At the, I mean, you're right. They could have started I agree, this show I by... agree with that. But there's not as much drama on screen as I feel that there was a few well, months previous. This was only previous. episode two. We'd see if this more if this was episode four or five. But I think in episode two, you're still allowed to try and frame where you are. Uh, I do agree that there are a couple of different storylines, but I don't think that's a problem because I think we've both talked about how much we like things like The Good Wife and The Good Fight, and there are different story strands and stuff like that, and it's a feature of Mm. American television, mostly, that you have these things that then all come together. I think The Wedding will be an explosive, maybe potentially difficult scene. I do think the fact that you've got this relationship between Nicola Walker and the Dutch guy does mean that somewhere down the line something might happen which Stephen Mangum might learn about and cause problems you know, between those two. And also, don't forget, you've got the Stephen Tompkinson trial or negotiations, which you know yeah, are going to get messy. I find because, that I mean, I, I still like it. I still think it's good. I still think the, the dialogue is, 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 is witty and pithy and realistic. And I still think Nicola Walker is the best actress out there at the moment, British-wise. Also, I agree with Nicola Walker. The dialogue I'm struggling with, I, okay. I don't see a lot of these lines being said by normal actual people yeah i think i'm done with this now i think two episodes i say i like the law stuff but everything all the surrounding stuff stephen mangan anthony head stephen tomkins amira sial all of that nothing really grabs me i I really like chanel cresswell in this episode actually i would like to say that who played the 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 would-be footballer's wife yeah, there um, was a lot of realism in that. I, I didn't quite understand why he had 14 people in the room. Maybe that bit missed me by. Whenever they do this and anything, if you have to create a fictitious footballer, it never seems quite real because why wouldn't you perhaps use a real footballer? Why then you just said it all felt he, really realistic. Well, no, no, but that part, that I don't know. Maybe, but you know what I mean? It's like you could have you could have hired some premiership no, to I don't come in and play that part. No, no. Because you had to... Black Mirror. Uh, with yes. our occasional look at season four of Black Mirror, which which debuted at the uh, end of last year on, on yeah. Netflix. We're we were right reviewed, on the time. Uh, USS Callister back in March, I think, or yep. maybe late Feb. Uh, and this is the second episode sort of chron- chronologically, but it does. I suppose it doesn't matter which way around we watch these. Um, this is how it was released, off, so we're watching it that way. Off, Archangel is the episode. Uh, it's directed, interestingly, by Jodie Foster, and it makes it the first ever episode of Black Mirror to be directed by a woman. It stars Rosemary DeWitt. Her character's called Marie. She gives birth to her daughter, she's called Sarah, and it's sort of a traumatic birth, and she's worried from the moment she gives birth. You know, she can't hear her crying. Mm. But when she's about three, she goes missing the daughter, following a cat, and she's that worried that she signs up for this sort of trial of this thing called Archangel which is a chip you can implant in your child so you can sort of track where they are and you could sort of see what they see you can pixelate things that you don't think they should be seeing like um there's like this dog which is sort of the focal point this sort of angry dog that she passes every day that once the chip is installed she can only see as being pixelated 
and she's not able to see like images of like violent images and she misses her granddad having a heart attack and things like that like quite almost like a things. filter on youtube if you could imagine that something yes. existed kind yeah. of thing wasn't it well it's like the pixelization isn't it you yeah want their images seen on on a tv show or something and um eventually marie realizes oh you know this chip is bad news um a psychologist says to her like you know this it was banned in europe it's going to be banned in the states and she finally gets rid of it and she gets to live life as a normal girl growing up they do a great thing i think where you see her going past the dog every day and gradually getting used to it and gradually like yeah acclimatizing to not being protected so much i think would be yeah is a good way of describing it and then we join the story when sarah is 15 like got a good relationship with her mother but she's sort of you know she's starting to get interested in boys and she lies to her mum to tell where she is and she ends up going to the lake with the group and ends up sleeping with this boy who she's known for years and years who just happens to be a drug dealer marie starts reutilizing the chip to see where sarah is because she doesn't know and obviously she sees her daughter having sex which is quite a shock for her and from there goes from there, it's where it goes sort of proper Black Mirror and she starts putting, like, um, morning after pills in a Nutribullet and um, things yeah, like that. Yeah, it goes very dark very quickly, Yeah, not it? I, I think the early life stuff was rushed a bit. I would have liked a little bit more. I, the, the obvious meat of the, the episode is, as you say, with her as a 15-year-old. And, and I kind of felt that they, that they, they spent so little time on mm. the early years I, that, that I, I'm not I sure... Think... I, it was about 22 minutes uh, before that you saw her as a teenager and it's a 50, 50 minutes in total. Yeah. So it's just over half of the episode was her. And, and I suppose that's the thing is that, the, you know, they are single episodes. You've got to get to the, you know, you, you've got a hot, you haven't got a long time. I wasn't surprised when I saw that Jodie Foster was the director because this was a very female centric uh, plot, and that's something that Jodie Foster has done in a lot of her films uh, as well that she's directed, and I think she was very good at showing that. Only other thing I would say: Are you seriously telling me that was the first time a fifteen-year-old girl didn't wasn't where she said she was that made the mother think, "Oh, I must go and look at the chip in her head." I just felt like, again, a slight, and again, maybe because it was the pace of the show, a little bit of unrealistic. You know, surely that again, it might have been good to show a, a, a scene where she came home one night just as she was about to fire up the iPad, you know, something Mm. like that, that would have shown you that that she didn't just grab for the iPad the first time the daughter came home late. It was the first time since she'd got rid of the, the the tracker it was, wasn't it? That was disabled that she'd felt like it was when she'd first had it installed. Like she didn't know where she was. That's why she had it installed initially is because she went missing for a whole like half yeah, of the, the day. Yeah, the, the other and I things think... that they did were, were add-ons, weren't they, at the beginning? You know, it's like, oh, you yeah. can monitor her heart rate and you can tell what she's yeah. looking at. And it's like, oh, I, do I, just, I... I just want to know where she is. You yeah, know, that was the and initial. I think that's why she started to use, use it again, because I think this is the, right. you've got the impression that this is the first time that she's never known where she is since that time when she had it installed originally. I actually really like this. I, I enjoyed it more than USS Callister. I think oh, okay. you like that more because that was sort of colourful oh, and definitely more in my your wheel street, wheel you know. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this is more in mine, I think. This is like okay. very sort of character driven rather than driven by the technology. And it is just the two actresses. I thought Rosemary DeWitt was, was really good. And I really liked uh, Brenna Harding, who played the teenage version of Sarah. I thought their chemistry was really good. 
everything felt believable and justifiable. You yeah. sort of bought into the characters, I think. I think the the technology side of it, which you always get with Black Mirror, was a nice sort of add-on to this, the fears that mothers have yeah. about their young daughters going missing and also what's happening with their teenage daughters. And I think, I, I think, I think the scary thing now about Black Mirror is, and, and there was a story in the press not that long ago, do you remember the one where you rated people and you only got into certain places because yes. of their rating? Yeah. Apparently, there is an app in China or Japan where mm. people give ratings of people based on limited social interactions, and uh, it, it, you know, and again, as you said, it's believable because it's the next step on from a baby monitor or a or a net nanny or a or a, yeah. or a phone app where you can track where your you know where someone's phone is. It is that next level that you could see where technology could go eventually. Uh, so again, Charlie Brooker is on that. He's got his finger on that pulse of of mm. this is kind of like realistic horror. Um, and it's not necessarily gruesome horror. It's horrible situations and stories um, and that, that I think he does very well. This has been written solely by Brooker because, you know, it does feel like a female. I know there's a female voice directing it, but it feels like a female voice is written. It well, well, I think this and was think it, it was certainly co-produced with another woman. I don't I know he writes. Well, like, but I know he gets Annabelle Jones is the producer. But That's like it. the fact he's written this single-handedly this script it feels mm. like it to me feels like it's like a female voice and i just wanted to sort of congratulate him i know he's a yeah. parent so i think he's brought some of his experiences as a parent to this and i think actually luke would enjoy this one as well i think this is I, I think he would i think i think you're right i think if you were going to mm. recommend him to get on the ground floor on black mirror this series i i, well, I, I him think, i yeah. would i don't think he'd like uss uh no, the other one i Palestine. think he'd like this so and we'll, I try think and do an, like, we'll try and do another one. I think we, we which, sh- uh... I think we should do Hang the DJ next because that has been nominated for a couple of Baftas and that the Baftas. Is that the next one sequentially or no? We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail Pick of the week, Luke. This is well. I think we all know what Gary and I will fight over. Um, the bridge is back. We've spoken about it. Oh, I Four hate series. you. We You've got car share. It. Why would you ruin this for me? Oh, that's a, sorry. I'm really sorry, Gary. No, <laughs> he not. didn't do. To be fair, I, I did this it. TV week. I didn't not write him. it, and I just. Oh, okay, the, fair Prince, enough. Peter Kay, Sean Gibson. Uh, they they're back for a one-off episode before the finale next Monday. Sorry, no, in two Mondays' time. Is this, this is the unscripted. episode that's in, um, um, improvised, right? Okay. Improvised, unscripted. I've no idea how this is going to work. No idea why they felt the need to do it, but I love those two people together, and it'll be fascinating to see how it turns out. That's ten o'clock Monday more Monday evening, which is Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah. I will go for the bridge then. Friday night, BBC Two, first time it's ever not been on BBC Four, which is fantastic news. How do we feel news? about Friday night? I don't like it there. I like it. Bake off the professionals. I'll I'll give a quick shout out to because this I is will the. I watch that, but I have never watched this in the past. Previously, it had Angus Deaton on it, so I think that's well, that's yeah. probably quite. This is hosted by Liam, who everyone loved from the last series of the Bake Off, and Tom Allen. But it does welcome back the stars of Creme de la Creme, the judges Cherish and Benoit. Um, so yeah, so I this can't is like... watch it because of their names. I'm already irritated. Yeah. And Cherish is really... <laughs> I, I think you would find Cherish hard work, Luke, to understand. I would understand. not cherish it, I can already tell. I'm, I'm trying to think of the song, but all I can think of, Cherish... I can't remember who did it. 
And as we mentioned off the top, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is back every night next week on ITV around uh, sort of eight nine. What we were discussing the new uh, the new Lifeline. What ask, on earth would you want to watch? The host. Why would you want to ask Clarkson anything other than Are you leaving now, please? ITV, and I think Kevin Ligo might be responsible for this. So this week we've had all royal programmes. Next week we've got. The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire dominating the schedule. The week after that, we've got four-part drama from Unforgotten's Chris Lang called Innocent, all going over four nights. To strip things work? Uh, I don't understand why you'd want to get rid of things so quickly, apart from the Raw Well, 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 that's obviously timely because of the Raw Wedding, but I suppose the other thing is, don't forget, you've got a World Cup coming up. So your traditional kind of leading to pre-summer... Is dominated by football matches every night. But then they did this with trauma earlier in the year as well, didn't they? Yeah, but I, I think it's something that Kevin Ligo must be keen on because he wanted the nightly show to be nightly, yeah, clearly. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and I think he likes playing with formats and... The news, that's on every night. That's on yeah, the every weather. night. And the weather. i tell you what's made a comeback recently that we didn't have in the coming soon. The Pollen Report. Well. Of course. Do you want me to review that for next week? <laughs> yeah. do you know, I, I feel report. we need a pollen report. Next week, I'll do a special pollen report. <laughs> we um, will be back next week with uh, stuff on the bridge and uh, safe. Who wants Car to be a millionaire? Possibly, we'll have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the cooking thing with Mary Berry. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll try. And it's on right that now as, well. as we speak. And uh, in a few um, weeks' time, we'll try and catch up on things like Barry, and even maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happens in the split a bit later on in the series. Yeah, you do that. So we are on facebook.com slash TV. We are on Twitter. I am at Bites. Gary is... At The Gary Show. And the one who keeps popping in and out is at TV. We are on the email. You can send us. Let us know if you agree with Gary about the split or mm-hmm. if you're enjoying Barry or your thoughts on Versace or things that you think we should be talking about that we're not. Yep. It is custardtvreviews at gmail.com. You can listen to all previous episodes going back to uh, 2012 on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on any of the other sort of podcasting apps as well. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you find us. It helps us sort of gain more viewership, more traction. Yep. Uh, tell a friend if, you, if you've if got a friend who <laughs> you think will like this. Phone a friend. <laughs> Ask Jeremy Clarkson. Tell no, Jeremy Clarkson about this episode. I don't want Jeremy if you, Clarkson listening. If you can give back, if you've got as much money as Jeremy Clarkson, then you might like to give us a couple of quid back. You can do it on patreon.com slash thecustardtv where we've got lots of bonus content on there. There is an episode where we're doing BAFTA predictions, which Luke will upload hopefully before the BAFTAs. Find Possibly. out what me and Luke think will win the BAFTAs. Gary hasn't contributed to that, but I wasn't uh, asked. <laughs> you were you were unavailable for comments. That's right, I was unavailable for comments. Um, yes. Speak to my agent. YouTube.com <clears throat> slash the custard TV. We have got all Can I pick up your work on that? Because I think it's incredible. Yeah. Luke uh, Matt Luke does a lot on the website. Matt does a lot on youtube and if you've not seen it may i recommend that you check it out uh search the custard tv on youtube basically if you don't like the bits in between the reviews and you just want to listen to what you we think about the terror or mcmafia or 
I don't know, Arrested Development. You can call search our archive. Call the midwife. You can search our archive and listen to what we think about every single one of those shows. I think it's great that you do that, and I think I think it's a good service, and more people should. And be doing that. if you can't afford to back us on Patreon, as I've said in the past. If you could just like the page, it helps us sort of monetarily yeah. as well and helps us get up the rankings. You know, share, yeah, subscribe is what I mean, and like at the yeah. video. But share, share is also good, you know, you know tell a friend, yeah. as, as we jokingly say. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, we, we, are, we are you, reliant on our listeners for a lot of, uh, a lot of our feedback. And as you mentioned, the website, uh, thecustardtv.com, that is where you can get a lot of... Um, our articles, as Luke mentioned briefly, there is a review up there of High and Dry. Luke has done a preview of Harlan Coben's Safe, which is coming to Netflix. Um, yeah. uh, we've got news of some renewals that we talked about. And most excitingly, there is an interview with uh, Walter of Walter Presents. Yeah, I, I, I read this. It's a great interview. Uh, Walter is a real person. So please read that. that. That links into the Pilot TV Festival, which is currently, I believe, Pilot Light TV Festival, which is currently on in Manchester this weekend. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's all from us. Uh, Gary, have you mm. talked to the Dolly mixtures yet? Uh, no, no, I, I, I've not, not gone back to the sweet aisle yet. I'll, I'll look at something no. uh, differently. Maybe I'll go for uh, strawberry laces next time. Well, actually, as I said before, I've had flying saucer, I went flying saucers, white mice and fizzy cola bottles. Nice mix. And did you mix them? No, not the white mice with the two. Liver bit, that's all I'm saying. Sherbetty things, no. no. Liver bit. A dentist would never forgive me. Oh, someone's having a barbecue. Well, I need to go. Um, (laughs) I can smell barbecue. Say goodbye, Gary. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.